Hi, I'm Perry, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Hello and welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you an insider's look at the cosmetic industry. This is episode 350. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me today is Valerie George. Hello, Valerie. Hi, Perry. I'm live from New York. Oh, New York City. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's say what we're going to have on the show. Today's show, we're going to cover a few questions. Is there value in using treatments like chai silk infusion in addition to leave-in conditioner? You mean uh, chi. Chai is tea. Chi is the hair brand. Oh, but it's spelled the same, right? So. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, wait. How do you spell chai tea? G-T? C-H-A-I. Oh, got you. <laughs> okay, my bad. Well, another question we're going to cover is, are boutique face masks better than drugstore face masks? Do some hair oil ingredients cause fewer breakouts than others? And are cosmetics manufactured in South Korea okay for U.S. people to use? But first, some chit-chat. You're in New York City. I thought you moved to Dallas or to Texas. I did. I did. But the Society of Cosmetic Chemists annual technical seminar is this week in New York City. This year, it's usually held in New York, except last year it was held in Los Angeles. But uh, Christmas in New York. So I'm here for the show. But unfortunately, I do have to leave early because I got called to manufacturing. Huge bummer. Uh, so oh, I'll no. actually be in Maryland later this week. Oh, so you're just out there for the board meetings. I remember I used to be part of that board, go to that meeting. But so you're just getting the board meetings, which is always so fun. And then yeah. you're going to miss the science piece. I'm actually going to miss the science piece. Well, yeah, it's a huge bummer. But uh, that's part of the job, right, as a cosmetic chemist is – when manufacturing happens, it happens, and you get called to it, and you have to report for duty, and you're steel toes in a hairnet. Who knew? You're not just uh, sitting around in the lab mixing stuff together. You actually, no, <laughs> actually no. have to so visit. It's like I really haven't had a chance to get used to Dallas because, you know, I've really only yeah. been there about a week um, on site. So after this trip, though, we'll be there for a while. I'm not taking any trips in January. Well, I have to go back to L.A., but that, that doesn't count. But um, Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, excellent. Well, you know what happened with me. What happened? The kittens are all gone. Oh, no. I know. The one yeah, with the yeah. ugly face was so cute. Where'd he go? Well, she, we named her Marbaloo. Uh, she went with... Uh, one of my sister's uh, former bosses, she was, uh, she had just lost her cat like a year ago, and she was just finally ready to take get a new one. So Aww. she took, she actually took two of them, and wow. then uh, someone else took uh, another one who was uh, somebody related to uh, friends of my other sister. So you know, I got them placed. You know, this year, and I even got the mother placed. My uh, my sister took the mother, so. Wow, look at you doing good work on the streets of Chicago. I know. I've like placed like 11 cats this year. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. You know, I thought about capturing Stash and yeah. of course getting him neutered, but uh, I think we need him to be an outdoor cat. We actually need all the cats there because where my lab is, it's on the Trinity River. So this is, yeah. as my pest maintenance man put it, little house on the prairie meets Jurassic Park. And oh. <laughs> so we need the cats, maybe not to reproduce wildly, but we need right. them as part of the pest maintenance program. Mm. Well, you could totally catch him, 
get him fixed and then let him go again. That's uh, the TNR, Trap Neuter Release Program. We have that here in Chicago. Well, I look forward to, well, it wouldn't be too hard to trap him. He comes right up to us. He lets us uh, pet him. He gets in my car. He tries to go in the building. He's just such <laughs> a curious kitty. He's cute. Wow. Yeah, you don't usually find that in the uh, outdoor cats, but probably about half of mine are, so it's it's interesting. All right, we ready to talk a little bit about beauty news? Yeah. I thought you would love this one, Perry. I saw this article in Allure. Sometimes I'm coded in Allure from time to time, as are you, so I like to see what they have going on in case our names pop up. But sure. they posted a story about the misleading before and after pictures from cosmetic surgery. Because what? Say it, it ain't is so. a bit of a problem, but it reminded me of the cosmetics industry. We see before and afters all the time, and I know you really love them because they tell <laughs> yeah. such a true story about the product or the ingredient's efficacy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not surprising to me that cosmetics do it, but to, to hear cosmetic surgeons are doing it uh, with the results of their surgery, that that's a little surprising. Well, he... I'm not surprised because at the end of the day, whether you have an ingredient to sell, a product to sell, or a procedure to sell, you want to show the best possible outcome of it. Right. You never want to show an average outcome or a, a below average outcome in so, the case of plastic not a surgery. Bad outcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I botched this plastic surgery. Here's the before right. and after, right? Um, you want to show the best possible outcome. And so it's no surprise that anyone showing a before and after is showing the most best case scenario. It's never average. It's never horrible. It's just like, this is the best you can get. The problem is, that's not the reality of what you'll likely get. So what the advice is there is that you might see the, you're going to see the best, but you should expect not as good. (laughs) Right? I think you should expect the worst, but that's me. Well, Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I try not to be like an Eeyore type, so I just, you know, you know that reference there? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Well, you know, for the youngsters who don't, that's from Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore is always <laughs> a negative. Eeyore is a sad donkey. He's a sad donkey, but he's always saying the, the negative piece of the, of the world. So, but I think when, certainly when you're reading through marketing material, and especially in cosmetic marketing material, um, some of the stuff they show is the best case. And really, some of the stuff they show is like dishonest case too. It's like it's not even it might not even be a real thing. But I would I would imagine with like plastic surgery, at least they're showing like real results, right? Well, the article alleges that people are not showing the real results. They're showing oh. doctored photos, which oh. you know really is a problem in the digital age. It's hard to tell what's real, uh, what's been photoshopped, what's been um, you know retouched. So. I think that's where the issue is getting at the problem. But no matter what, whether it's real, whether it's fake, you have to take any before and afters with a grain of salt. Absolutely. It should not factor very much in your decision to purchase something. What did you see this week? Well, you know, KFC, the Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, I I still call it Kentucky Fried Chicken, even though they changed their name, what, 20 years ago? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. Me too. It's it's always going to be Kentucky Fried Chicken to me. Anyway, (laughs) they launched a fried chicken fragrance. Wow. (laughs) Which is meant to emulate their uh, iconic 
11 spice blend. So if you want to smell like fried chicken, I guess this is the way to go. You know, I was thinking it could be cool as a room spray. And then I got to thinking more and I was like, wait a second. Do you want your living room to smell like you were running the deep fryer? (laughs) I don't think so. So then I I said, you know, know. yeah, scratch that. It's a bad idea. Not even as a candle. Yeah. So it's available to customers in Spain as an add-on purchase at their fast food outlets. Wow. Yeah. We can't uh, even get it in the U.S.? I guess not. And it looks like, interestingly enough, it looks like the bottle looks like an upside-down chicken leg. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Is there anyone in Spain that can get this for us? I will pay you for the postage and maybe for your meal at the restaurant if you can get us one. They call it uh, Eduardo, the perfume references a uh, viral internet meme that started by a Spanish KFC marketing team in Christmas of 2021. Wow. Yeah. uh, And yeah. So there you go. So this... uh, this year, you're going to see, uh, you're going to be able to get Kentucky Fried Chicken smelling fragrances. We'll see how it does, huh? Well, hopefully, one of our Spanish listeners can hook us up with one of these little bottles. Yeah, we look look forward to that. That would be great if we could get that. <laughs> All right, there was also some news that I saw uh, a recall alert. Recall. You know, every so often uh, when there is a recall, we like to remind people of that. But it turns out that within the last couple of months, so uh, last part of 2023 here, numerous cosmetic products have been recalled for guess what, Valerie? Bisapasha. Yeah, microbial contamination and also some fragrance allergens too. Two of the recalls uh, are manufacturers in the U.S., and one is in Canada. Those are due to microbial contamination. And then there are numerous other recalls uh, where the fragrance allergen butylphenol methylpropanol uh, was found. And so uh, for that reason, they have been recalled. So products uh, L'Oreal, this isn't just small companies either, like L'Oreal is recalling its uh, Mazzani 25 Miracle Cream Leave-In Conditioner. Interesting, that because of the uh, cepacea, as you said, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, big or small, contamination happens to everybody. The reality is cosmetics are not produced in a sterile, aseptic environment. Wherever you have water, you have microorganisms. That's just how it is. And so you have these protocols and practices in place to help reduce that microbial burden. You sterilize your water, you filter your water, you make sure your water's constantly flowing, not pooling up anywhere. You're sanitizing your tanks, you're using, you know, uh, antimicrobial agents in the tanks to help uh, kill as much as you can. Uh, But the reality is things still do get through, you miss a part, uh, you, you don't see a biofilm forming somewhere. So it really requires a lot of work on the manufacturing side. And having been a brand that's had this happen, sometimes it's just out of your control. So I try not to judge when this happens. As they said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. <laughs> right? <laughs> Microorganisms do find a way, yes. They do. They find a way to live. I, I was uh, familiar with a, a shampoo brand that will go uh, nameless, not the one I work for, uh, where 
I always thought, thought it weird that they included uh, methyl isothiazolinone in every one of their products, in addition to some other, they had another preservative system, and then they had the Kathon in there. And I was like, why did they do that? And I talked to House somebody bug. at the... Right. The company, they're like, they're lines. They could not clear this lines of this microbial contamination. And the only thing that would result in filling, the only thing that could do it is that this, uh, this Kathon would kill it. So yeah. <laughs> it, they... Yeah. I mentioned the word house bug. Maybe you guys don't know what that is, but basically factories are all over the world. They're in different environments. They have different water supplies, different things flying through the air, believe it or not. Air is a a possible source of contamination. And so every facility has what we call a house bug, and it's their unique makeup of whatever happens to be in their system that they're constantly encountering or fighting. And so you usually use a preservative system that you know works against whatever house bug you have. Now, if you asked a manufacturer, yeah. oh, what's your house bug? They would say, what house bug? Uh, right. But they're lying right. to you if they tell you they don't have one. So you, yeah, usually you use a preservative system that you know works in whatever manufacturing system you're using. Yeah, and that's also why, you know, sometimes people will ask me, they'll, they'll say, they'll, for formulation advice, and they'll say, what preservative should I use? And there's no answer to that that's satisfactory in every situation because it's like, Okay, where are you getting the raw materials and what's your manufacturing conditions? So it's, it depends is always the answer. A couple of other products that were recalled uh, in, in uh, the U.S., Johnson & Johnson recalled uh, oil-free, clean, and clear morning burst facial cleaner. Um, and that was uh, due to uh, microbial contamination also. And in Canada, the group Marcel Incorporated had to recall uh, the Marcel 40 Plus Anti-Wrinkle Cream. That was also due to microbial standards. In fact, the company received five reports of incidences in Canada, but no reports of injuries. So, uh, Well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And, then, and finally, the European Commission had identified a bunch of products that were contaminated with the uh, fragrance allergen, butylphenol methyl propionol. And that, uh, you know, that's all over the country. And it's, that looks like a whole bunch of different small, uh, small companies. So, yeah, I think what's happening with that is it's probably less contamination and more they're using an old fragrance up that has it. This law just went into effect within the last couple of years where they were right. restricting this fragrance allergen on the market. But guess what? You got a couple hundred pounds of a fragrance laying around that still has it. You don't want right. to throw that away, right? You're going to say, well, I could use it yesterday. Well, today I can't, right? Let me just slip it in. And yeah. so these products are getting pulled from the shelves, actively being tested. It happens very often in Germany and some of the Eastern European countries where they where they actively test for that. And the people got busted. Um, so right. I don't think it's a, a problem like, oh, shoot, how'd that end up in my product? But more or less, probably a, a market delay in terms of compliance. Right, right. Because you, if you can imagine, when you buy fragrances, you buy them in, you know, sometimes in 55-gallon drums. And so <laughs> it takes a long time to go through one 55-gallon drum for, you know, a lot of units. And so, like you said, throwing that out would uh, cost them a lot of money. All right. How about we move on to some questions? Our first question comes from a patron, Ashley. Thank you so much for being a supporter on Patreon. If you want to help support the show and keep us ad-free and get your questions a higher priority than others, just go to 
patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe at any level. All right, Ashley's question. Hi, Beauty Brains. Is there a value in using treatments like the chai? Chai? No, chai. Chi. Chi, gotcha. Chi. <laughs> Is there any value in using treatments me. like chi? Chi. Oh, okay. Not it with me, right? <laughs> tai chi. Like tai chi. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, but like the chi silk infusions in addition to a leave-in conditioner, or is that just doubling up on the same type of products? Also, would I be better off using something like the chi instead of my current leave-in conditioner, which is the Pravana Intense Therapy Leave-In Treatment? I've noticed that I love how my hair feels after using the chi, but not how it feels after using my current leave-in on its own. And looking at the ingredient list for it, I'm noticing a lot of things that fall under the category of marketing but based on listening to your podcast, aren't actually doing anything for my hair. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you, guys. And then she provides the ingredient list, which was very helpful. Valerie, have you have you used the Chi uh, products? I actually have, yes. What I like about this product is it has a lot of lightweight, volatile, I would say silicones, but silicone-like materials in them. So sure. for example, C1314 isoalkane and isododecane are very slippy, lightweight, uh, make your hair feel like a little ski jump, um, (laughs) provides a nice job lubricating without being heavy and weighing down. And when I look at the Pravana product, I see that it's, you know, probably just a really nice, uh, you know, generic product for the hair that makes it feel a little bit conditioned, but nothing, nothing special, probably way too long of an ingredient list, if you ask me. Right. But I could see where mixing them is probably the best of both worlds. And I understand why you mix them together. Whereas on its own, the Pravana product might not feel as special because it's less of a a topical coating on the hair. Yeah, I'm looking at the chi ingredients. There really aren't a lot of marketing marketing type ingredients. Although, you know, I I look at the uh, protein stuff and... Typically, I think proteins, at least in a rinse-off, just get rinsed down the drain. But for a leave-in product, I think proteins are certainly a, a great option. And this one has a bunch like of proteins. I would like to memorialize this moment, everybody, because <laughs> I've never heard Perry say proteins are a great option. I'm so happy. They, Merry Christmas They're a great option. They're a great option, specifically in leave-in products. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like I his caveat there. Like We're it. working on it. It's in progress, everybody. <laughs> And then you're right, this Pravana ingredients. Uh, what's their main one here? The, the malachite. The malachite must be really effective in there. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even seeing the malachite. Oh, you have yeah, to go right. pretty far down. <laughs> oh, there you go. That that was the name of it. <laughs> Are you sure it's not the sprucium bark extract? That's really doing it here. <laughs> wow. No, but the, I think the main ingredients, right? It's 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 probably going to. I I don't know. Are you familiar with this triheptanoin? Yeah, it's an emollient used in cosmetics, but I don't want to say it's like old fashioned feeling. Um, yeah, but it's not as light and as volatile as the isododecane and the C thirteen fourteen isoalkane that's going to be in the Chi product. But it's right. it's a really pretty feeling ingredient. Boy, this Pravana has a ton of other pro- ingredients in it. I mean, most of them are just the marketing stuff. And then 
buried way down, there's the polyquaternium-6, which is a conditioning cationic polymer. That's that's good. And then they has all the silicones down there, the the phenyl trimethicone, the PEG-12 dimethicone. It's just a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. The only thing that's probably really doing actual conditioning would be the polyquaternium-16, polyquaternium-6, and the cetrimonium chloride that's down in there. Down yeah. in there. But that's going to give you good wet comb. So once you put it on your damp hair, um, it'll give you some good combability there, but it's not going to help you in the dry stage. And so this is probably why you love the two combined together because you get light conditioning from the Pravana as you're in this wet to dry, but the chi yeah. is going to give you that topical feel good. Yeah, I think so. And then the question of can you just use one of them? I would say if you were just going to use one of them, you would want to use the chi product. Uh, first of all, because you know just using the Pravana isn't good for you, <laughs> or at least you don't like <laughs> yeah. the results. So, Check. so there is that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but secondly, just looking at the ingredients with the, the silicones and the uh, the proteins that can uh, put the film, and then not all the other interfering stuff that is just in there for marketing. <laughs> I think, yeah, you've uh, got a lot of stuff in there you don't need. So stuff, I would recommend yeah. just the chi on its own. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, next question. Comes to us from a patron, Jean. Greetings, Valerie and Perry. Thank you for the beauty brains. I look forward to each podcast, not only for the information, but the fun banter, updates on life, and how all your furry friends are doing. My question is, I'm curious if there's anything that boutique handmade face masks with 14,000 milligrams of vitamin C, ascorbyl palmitate, can do that's better than something I can pick up at the drugstore, assuming they have somewhat similar ingredients. I also wonder if using an exfoliator and highlighter accomplishes the same effect, bright, glowing skin. Would I be missing out if I skipped the vitamin C in my skincare? I appreciate both of your opinions on how things work or feel. It helps keep my perspective a little more and not based solely on the marketing story. Thank you and happy holidays, Jean. Well, thank you and happy holidays to you too. Okay, so this reminds me of the old question... Are salon products as good as drugstore products? <laughs> exactly. Know. Yeah. And, you know, the answer is your handmade face mask, um, you know, has a great amount of vitamin C and it probably is f- fun to use. Um, it probably has some ritualistic character, meaning you bought it with intention from someone who made it with intention and you bring it home and you use it intentionally and you're like, wow, this is a lot of vitamin C. My skin's going to be brighter. I'm sure your skin appreciates the treat. Um, but is it different than something made at the drugstore that probably feels a little less special in the purchasing? It feels a little less special in the making, but it might have something similar. So Perry, yeah. what do you say? I think the for the most part, I'm going to say there's no difference. I'm going to say also probably the stuff you get at the drugstore is probably more consistent in quality. So the results mm. you get, uh, repeated results, will be the same all the time. Whereas in a boutique, if it's handmade, sometimes somebody might be good at making it and mixing it properly, and sometimes they might not be good at it. So You have to hope they're calibrating their scales. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to hope that too. Right? Not exactly. measuring by volume. Exactly. The one thing about uh, a handmade face cream like that though or face mask like that is that you are going to use it generally you're going to use it pretty soon after the making of it whereas the stuff that's been in the drugstore it could have been there for well 
it could be been there for a few weeks. Certainly, it's been at least six weeks before it even got to the store shelf. Minimum. Maybe longer. Yeah, maybe longer. And it could have been not sold. They could have been out out there. It could be on the shelf for like a year. So, in all of that time, the the vitamin C piece of that is all degrading over time. And so, just from a timing standpoint, that's another reason the handmade one could potentially have be more effective i would go with the handmade one i'll tell you why oh, okay because i even though maybe it's not as consistent we don't know if the formula has been tested all that mm. kind of stuff i do appreciate someone thinking of making something actually making it with their hands handing it to you you using sure. it i really like that piece of it and again, I hate to go back to the ritualistic part, but it's <laughs> so important in self-care. And there's even a study that was recently published about the importance of self-care in emotional well-being. And I just, you know, I gravitate to that because you're probably not going to use this mask all the time, right? It's something special. And you can right. supplement it with drugstore products that have the efficacy from them, from the big brands that are doing the testing. So... I would I would go with the handmade face mask. I just picture maybe because I'm in New York right now, I picture walking up to like a little boutique in a brownstone and you know getting it and then walking sure, through sure. you know Soho and I don't know, but that's yeah. my answer today. Yeah, no, I I get it. It make it's reasonable. Now the the other question is, would I be missing out if I skipped vitamin C in my son's uh, my skincare? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> But Harry, Valerie I and I might progress. disagree. I thought you were going to say something different. I don't know why I got my hopes up. Yeah, you know, I, I'm. Let's just say I'm not completely sold on the evidence yeah. of the benefits of vitamin C. Although that I will admit that is a might be a minority opinion in within industry folk. But I don't know if that's true. I would say. If you, even if you're using vitamin C, not using vitamin C, I still think you need to be using an exfoliator and a highlighter because yeah. although I'm team vitamin C, I still think you have to be doing other things. It's not a miracle compound that's really going to transform your skin. Like you just stepped out of a Beverly Hills dermatologist's office sure. looking glowing, right? right you have yeah. to exfoliate. That's the reality of it. You build up dead skin over time. It falls off around your house in the form of dust. Or maybe, you know, you rub your forehead and you get a little dust shower and you're like, oh, my skin's dry. I should moisturize, sure. right? But the, the reality is you have this dead skin building up and it does obstruct the view of smooth, dewy skin beneath. So you need to be using an exfoliator even if you're using vitamin C or even if you're skipping the vitamin C. The highlighter provides a visual effect with lights. It's an optical mm. illusion, if you will. And it also helps contour your face and provide some accents to it. So it's not just kind of a shapeless thing that's hanging off your cheekbones. So I still recommend doing it. And I think you especially need it because it gives that little wow factor uh, when you walk into a room and people say, wow, Jean has great skin. You know, Dewey Skin used to be my stage name when I was an actor. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Dewey is a real name, though. It is. I actually had a friend in uh, high school. His nickname was Dewey because his last name was Dew Temple. 
Oh, so yes. Okay. Everyone call him, hey, Dewey. <laughs> I don't know if his real name was Dwayne or something. <laughs> no, Charles. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Speaking of it, all right. Uh, we ready for the audio question? Let's hear it. Hi, Beauty Brains. It's Chrissy from Miami Beach. And I swear every time I use some kind of hair oil or finishing oil for my hair, it makes me break out around my hairline or down by my neck since I have really long hair. And I'm wondering, are there any ingredients that are more likely to cause breakouts than others? Is there something I should be looking out for? Because I really do enjoy a good smoothing hair oil. Thank you. Well, thanks for that, Chrissy. Uh, Valerie, ingredients making her her break out? Ingredients in hair making her hair break out? Mm. Oh, I could see that, especially if you have uh, ingredients in your product that contribute to um, fungal acne or acne in general, things that are basically yeah. bacteria food. And in general, triglycerides, which are the components of plant oils and butters, are bacteria food. They just love to break them down and eat them. Right, like an olive oil, olive oil or a exactly. coconut oil. Olive oil, those things, yeah, um, yeah. shea butter. And it's not that these things are going to be a problem for everyone. Some people have... Right a propensity to have these uh, hairline breakouts wherever the product is touching. And so if you're that person, you want to take a look at what what you're using and see if it if it basically is bacteria food. And that's primarily triglycerides, things that are composed of fatty acids. I think one of the things that isn't generally uh, causing this is something like silicones don't cause these problems in general. Some people might have some sensitivities to it, but there's there's no microbial reason why that because microbes don't eat silicones. Yep. And if you find that you're using nothing and it's still happening, it may be your own sebum that's causing right. this issue as well because your sebum also has a lot of different components in it. Um, you may yeah. be a natural sebum producer. Some people just produce a lot. Some people produce a little. But it could even be happening with that. So I would try to do a we'll call it a knockout experiment, but basically yeah. figure out what products it's happening with and figure out common classes of compounds in them. Of course, a lot of hair products have similar things. So you don't want to say, oh, well, it must be citric acid, right? Because all right, my products right. have that. You want to think of things that are feeding, uh, feeding the bacteria on your skin and causing these active pustules. And then I would consider incorporating a skincare routine on your hairline that maybe helps combat that. So, for example, a salicylic acid serum or something like that. Yeah, that sounds like a good strategy. Uh, and as far as the brands that were mentioned, the the Karen Silk and Gloss, the Olaplex, uh, Aussie stuff, I, all companies are using the similar types of ingredients, so it's just a thing that you're going to have to experiment. There's no one answer for everyone either because everyone breaks out for different reasons. Um, this is, which is why it's like so hard to say stuff like, oh, drinking milk or, you know, eating chocolate is going to cause breakouts because for some people, maybe that's true, but for a lot of people, it's not true. So it's just a thing you have to do a personal experiment. Exactly. Looks like we have time for one more. Valerie and Perry, loyal Patreon member here, looking for some advice. I have had a difficult time finding a waterproof, no smudge eyeliner. 
I've tried a lot of brands and I'm frustrated when their claims do not really stand true. Recently, I tried Clio, C-L-I-O, eyeliner, and I have been very pleased. I purchased this through Budget on Amazon. Uh, It's based on a recommendation and found it to be a winner. All right. Well, it lasts the best and does not smudge. Clearly the best liner out of all the liners that I've tried. Based on your advice, I have discontinued using any cosmetics manufactured in China. I have discovered this brand is in South Korea, and that seems to be where the line- where the liner is manufactured. So do you have any opinions about products manufactured in South Korea? Valerie, did, did we give advice not to buy stuff from China? I was just wondering that, but I think we have talked about sometimes you do have quality issues. Uh, well, you have quality issues everywhere, but just in my experience, if you're not in China or don't have an active presence in China, it can be hard to manage. Yeah, I, th- I think a blanket statement of don't buy stuff from China, I, I would not support that. I think you can get good products in there. It's just uh, you can also get questionable products from there. <laughs> so I, don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, me personally, I, you know, I try to buy stuff made in America or Canada or Europe. And me personally, I just uh, have my wife buy everything. So <laughs> I just use what she does. All right. Uh, this Clio uh, eyeliner. So what do you think about it? First of all, how about South Korea? Do we do we uh, have anything to say about products from South Korea? I really like South Korean products. And this is because I have had to deal with South Korea a bit in my work, helping people either you know, launch brands, private label materials. I even actually do buy some packaging from South Korea with my other business. And I'm really impressed with the quality. Um, it's very a very quality conscious uh, mindset, I believe, which is, yeah. you know, a little bit refreshing from maybe some alternative mindsets for items produced in other parts of Asia. I would agree also, and I'm involved in the IFSCC, which is International Federation of Society of Cosmetic Chemists. And so I, I know people who make stuff in uh, South Korea. And, uh, you know, they work for companies, and I know the, the quality control guidelines they have set in place. And so I, I think you could have faith in stuff from South Korea. But... I will say you're talking about products purchased on Amazon and Amazon, I might have some other thoughts about. Well, Amazon is tough, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're buying from an authorized reseller, it's a little tough because you don't know where they're getting it from. If you're actually buying from the brand and it's an authorized brand selling on Amazon, you have some guarantee of supply chain. Um, You don't know if the product is diverted if it's counterfeit product, usually the U.S. Customs checks that stuff when it comes mm-hmm. in, but it's impossible to get everything, right? And so it could even be someone making it in the U.S. and selling it, presenting it as South Korean made. Now, right. I don't think that's happening here. Um, it probably really did uh come in from South Korea and import records are public if you can figure out who's doing the importing of this. But I think if you're loving the way it performs, I wouldn't worry so much about it. I mean, Amazon is a tough place to sell. So if you are selling on Amazon and you're an authorized retailer, it does take quite a bit of a setup. They have a lot of paperwork. They have a lot of checks and balances in place. So, you know, I would say as long as as that's the avenue, you can rest assured. But South Korean quality is very good. The things that I've purchased from South Korea when they come in, everything is wrapped perfectly, wrapped with care boxed with care, 
taped immaculately, like the perfect amounts of tape on the box and everything's in, in really pristine condition. And I'm very happy buying from them. So my opinion is I think you're fine. Yeah. And especially if you like the product, you, I mean, you might've wanted to buy a whole bunch from them just in case they go out of business on Amazon, right? Because like I said, on Amazon, you don't know what you're getting because anybody can really set up a store on Amazon. And Amazon is not really good at policing the counterfeiting. They, they just aren't. I, I've sold stuff on Amazon, so I've been involved in that kind of environment. And uh, it is a little shocking to me how loosey-goosey they are with some things and about checking for counterfeiting and that kind of thing. Like, they don't. So, so they, they're just mostly, they seem mostly interested in just the sale. Well, I personally have just added this to my cart. So out of anything, <laughs> they did get one more sale from this. Because <laughs> if there's a really a waterproof no smudge eyeliner, I'm in. Uh, Perry actually, while we were prepping for this recording, had to watch me apply my eyeliner. And I even said, hey, man, I'm sorry, you have to watch me apply my eyeliner, uh, which I like to apply it to the rim. They say you're not supposed to do that, but that's where I like to wear it. But anyway, it's so hard to find a good one. You know, Valerie, that... We could cut that up and put it as a Patreon bonus. Uh, watch Valerie put on her makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't planned. I was just like, oh, my makeup bag's here. I have meetings in a bit. Sure. You know, I'll apply some blush, you know, do my <laughs> mascara, which, uh, you know, Mr. Cosmetic Chemist always laughs because when girls apply mascara, they like open their mouths and like stretch their jaw. That is, that I is don't true. do that, but I had to train myself to not do that. <laughs> it's my instinct, open jaw, apply mascara. But anyway, I did do that in front of Perry. I was like, oh. <laughs> she did. You know what she also did? She heard the music coming on. I did hear the music. That's all we have time for, everyone. Hey, if you get a chance, can you go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, listen to your podcast and leave us a review you know valerie i just noticed on spotify where we have our show sometimes people leave comments oh they do (laughs) are they good ones yeah mostly they're good except for the uh one person who kept saying i'm never listening to show because of those stupid ai voices (laughs) so 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 they, we'll they have to tell people we took them off. We'll have to tell people that. <laughs> no, you can't change your show just because of one person's opinion, right? Well, I think it's many people's opinion. Bye. I think we've heard that enough. <laughs> well, I took it off the last two shows. So there. Well, anyway, that's if you do the reviews, that's going to help other people find the show. And ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions. Speaking of beauty questions, if you have a question, we love other real voices on the show. Easy to do. Just record a question on your smartphone and email it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com. Also, the Beauty Brains are on Patreon. If you like the fact that we do this show and we don't have advertisements on it, um, but it does cost us a little money to do the show, so we could use the support. Go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe at any level. You also get transcripts of the podcast and maybe an upcoming Valerie Does Makeup. Oh my goodness. Don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at the Beauty Brains 2018. On Twitter, we're at the Beauty Brains. We have a Facebook page and a TikTok. Twitter, you mean X, right? Or oh, X Twitter. Twitter I'll never X. get used to that. Just like you'll never get used to calling Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everyone. 
Kittens!